0: Coming in to her, he said, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was very perplexed at this statement and kept pondering what kind of salutation this was. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus, and he will be great, and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray together. Father, this morning we ask that you would open our hearts to your word and your word to our hearts that together we might grow in you to learn what it is to walk with you that we might walk faithfully before you each day that we might learn what it is to love one another and to serve one another and to serve you as brothers and sisters in your son jesus in whose name we ask it so pour out your spirit upon us send your fire upon us and meet us here in this place as you already have through the reading of your word and through the singing of your word, we ask that you would meet us now at this moment in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 You can Amen. see it. I'm keenly aware of the fact that I'm standing in a place where, and perhaps even humbled to stand in a place where sisters and brothers under the anointed in the Spirit preach God's Word faithfully. People who have um, already stood in this place this morning and led in prayer and led in the reading of God's Word. People who are very dear to my wife and myself, like Pastor Wilson. And people who are very, very dear, and we count as dear friends, like Pastor David and his wife and David Jr., Um, these are family to us, and we thank you that we feel already like family coming here this morning. Mm. I've had something on my mind. I've had Mary on my mind all week. And the thing that's been troubling me, and the thing that I want to know, and all the evidence seems to me to purport that it's so... What I want to know is, can your story be stolen? And if it's stolen, then how can you get it back? All right. mm-hmm. And the reason why I think this is important is because there's a direct connection between your history and your destiny. Mm-hmm. And all the time in the Torah, God says over and over again, remember what I've done and you'll know how to live. All right. mm-hmm. And the strength and the resilience of God's people, and particularly the Jewish people, come from... Knowing this, everything that we do in Judaism comes out of a very simple story that we tell over and over again. We tell it every week in the Sabbath. We tell it every year through the cycle of the festivals, and it runs like this. And it's going to be a story that's deep in my heart, and it's also deep in yours. It goes like this. You shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt, and the Lord your God brought you out of there by a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord God commanded you to observe the Sabbath day. You see, that story shapes, holds together, has held together the Jewish people for 2,000 years of being nationless. But that story Ours, the story is yours too. Amen. And that's why, anywhere you go on the planet, you say, What's the most well known Passover song? or you say, Sing us a Passover song. Nobody knows Eliyahu Anavi. Everybody sings, What do you got each planet? Amen. Let my people go. And we know that. And it's at the core of our being, and it's a story that binds us together as God's people in a way that's deep and irrepressible. And we know the lessons that meditating on this tell us. It tells us that you've been mistreated, and you know what it feels like, so you don't mistreat people. And and, and it tells you you've been delivered by God. And so you know that He loves you, and He is better for you. So don't. Yeah. Those are the two things that bind us together as people of this story: compassion and hope. Come from this story, and retelling it, it reignites those passions. Oh yes! But one of the coolest things you can do to somebody is to steal their story, mm. 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 and we do this when either we destroy the details or we discredit their witness. Mm. And you know what it feels like. If someone doesn't believe you because it's you, it hurts. If you've been trusted as the best witness of what happened to you, you know the pain of having your story stolen. If your ancestors were ripped from family and history, are separated from a long legacy by violence, you know what it is to have your story stolen. Mm -hmm. And when people downplay slavery or deny the Holocaust, we know what it is to have our story stolen. Amen. Amen. And recovering someone's story Mm -hmm. is the greatest gift you can give to them. Amen. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you ever watch PBS and see Dr. Gates and, when he does this recovering your roots yes. finding your roots mm. my wife and i love to watch that yeah. because it's recovery of the story mm-hmm. it's connecting with a history that's deeper than we knew and the other night i was watching tv and on comes and i'm not doing a commercial for ancestry.com this hit me <laughs> i'm watching this commercial come on and it's a woman who has just gotten her DNA test back. And she said, finally, I know where my people are from. They're from Ghana, West Africa. Mm-hmm. I found myself balling like a baby in my living room. Here's someone who's got their story back. Yes. Mm-hmm. Amen. And you know, for me, for me, My family came here in 1915, and 40 years later, they could turn around, or 30 years later, they could turn around, and every family record, the villages that they came from, and all of their people that they knew were all dead from Nazi Germany. Mm. We've had our story stolen, but we have a story that we hang on to, that guides us, that teaches us. Today's story begins with what it looks like to us, an ordinary girl. And we have just these few compact lines and we assume that we know her. We think we know her and we end up shrinking her story, don't we? Mm -hmm. What we do when we read her, we say, oh, she's just a country girl from a town where everybody has the same first name and now she's marrying her cousin, so everyone's going to have the same last name too. We shrink each other's stories like that, don't we? We say, I know those tired of people I don't know those kind of people because there are no people like you. You're different. Every one of you is an individual. And the only way I'm going to learn who you are is to listen, right? Amen. And the only way I'm going to learn who you are is you'll speak to me. And that's how we find out from each other. So what we're going to do this morning is we're going to listen to Mary and see what she says Amen. to us. Amen. So let's go and hear from her and see what we learn. And the first thing that we learn from her we're told that she is a descendant in verse 27 of David. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, she's got a story, doesn't she? Oh, yeah. Well, she's got a story that goes way, way, way back. Mm-hmm. She has lived on the backdrop of a covenant made between God and a king who was her 27th great-grandfather. And God said to that king, I'm gonna build you. You're not gonna build me a house, David. I'm gonna build you a house. <laughs> okay? And it's a house that's gonna live, that's gonna last forever. And the only way that you can have an eternal kingship is to have always have a king for the throne, or have a king who never dies. Right. Oh, man. Come on. So here is this eternal kingship that's promised. And she's living on the backdrop of it. But she knows what happened to King Zedekiah who is taken off that throne, his eyes poked out and dragged off into captivity in Babylon. Mm -hmm. She knows that what was said by Jeremiah to Zedekiah said, even, God says, even if you were my signet ring that I sign my signature with, I take it off, I throw it away, Zedekiah. Mm -hmm. And she's she's knowing what it is to wonder, has my calling been gone? Has my calling been taken away? Has my destiny been removed? But she also knows more than that. She knows that, that way long ago, Isaiah had said to her forebearers that there's going to be, even though the, the tree of David has been completely chopped down and fell by a tree in the forest, that, that stump is going to grow oh, a yeah. out of it. <laughs> and that shoot is going to be anointed by the Spirit so powerfully that he will be That a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, power will rest on his shoulder, his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Prince of Peace, and his kingdom will have no end. Amen. Amen. Yes. That's what's going to come. But she's waiting for it. And she knows it. And you can imagine, here she is, this young woman betrothed, her childhood isn't far behind her. She remembers nights sitting around the fire with her parents and her aunts and uncles and her cousins all sitting there talking, and they probably think that she's settled off to sleep. But there they are talking together about the promises that God has made for them. And they're recounting the stories of King David and the things that God did for him and remembering each generation and remembering those promises that are still to come. And they know that they're living in a land That although in Jesus' day the the Pharisees said, look and see no prophet's going to come out of Nazareth, they forgot Isaiah chapter 9, hadn't they? Yes. That oh, I can't formally despise you and cast you off. That there's going to be a the the people who walk in the darkness are going to see a great light. Amen. And that light they were longing for. And although they spoke around that fire in whispered tones, because, because Rome had eyes everywhere, mm-hmm. God has eyes everywhere too. Mm-hmm. Right. And while everyone was looking for the great king that was supposed to arise out of the, the stump of David, while everyone was looking for the, the delivering king, God was getting ready to send to for the king's <laughs> mom. You see, I, I want to tell you, our heroes aren't born on horseback. Our heroes aren't born wearing a fireman's hat or a soldier's uniform. Our heroes are born as babies, and before every hero shows up, you need to look for the hero's mama first. My Lord! <laughs> My Lord. We find out that, that, that this woman's name is Mary. You ever wonder why two thirds of the women in the New Testament ain't Mary? There's a reason. There's a reason for this. You see, the name is Miriam. That's Moses' sister. That's Aaron's sister. And before God used Moses to save Israel, God used Miriam. Those spiritual strongholds in high places and those political bounds that were holding His people captive. Lord, may she and our brother, her brothers and sisters be our deliverers in our day. That's why I named daughters. And she lives in Nazareth. You know where Nazareth is. and you make another right and you make another left and you go a little bit further and you feel like you're about to fall off the edge of the earth that's Nazareth <laughs> yes. that's, where, that's where she is why is the royal family living in Nazareth because there's an Edomite on the throne of David and it doesn't belong to him and the problem with the stolen throne is that some at some point is going to want it back amen yeah. You know, you and I climb up on that throne sometime. You know, Jesus came down, (laughs) made himself humble. (laughs) We climb up and say, "Look." Verse 28, that the angel comes, it's Gabriel, the head of the angels comes and says, Greetings, favorite one, the Lord is with you. I love it that Mary is, she's not going to be puzzled by the message, which puzzles us. She's puzzled by the greeting that we fully get. Right. It, she, she, her, her story has been so swash and so hidden that it feels to her like her best days were 600 years behind her. Oh, yeah. When Rome invaded Israel, it drove underground her history and her destiny. And you know you expect to be a stranger in a strange land, but how it hurts when you're a stranger in your homeland. And she knows what it's like to have waited all of her life for the ship to come in. And she stood by the shore, and all that's coming was a wave big enough to wash out the dock. For her, disappointment has come come, from being a common experience to being a way of life. And so when she hears favorite words, favorite one, and she says, are hey, you talking to me? <laughs> All right. And the Lord is with you. Sounds kind of empty. Let me tell you something, favorite ones. Yeah, I'm talking to you, favorite ones. <laughs> Once with whom the Lord is with That's y'all. That's right, All right. Let me, All right? Let me tell you something. If it ever feels like God has stopped or stolen your story, perhaps He's hidden it for safekeeping. Amen. If it feels like God has forgotten your future, I want to tell you His promises are just as sure as when He first spoke them. God speaks the future in the past tense, so you can experience it in the present tense. Amen. His promises are so powerful that they change that the future changes how you live now. Yes, hoping in Him changes the way you see. And the way that you live, if you believe that what he that what he says is what will be. And what God does now through Gabriel is give Mary seven wills. In verses thirty-one through thirty-three. She said, He says to her, You will conceive a son, you will name him Jesus, he will be great. He will be the son of the most right. high. The Lord right. will give him the throne of his father David. He, he will, will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom
1: will have no end. Yeah.
0: Amen. Yeah. And unlike Zachariah, at the beginning of the chapter, Mary believes it. She knows he will. She just wonders how. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She doesn't wonder what's going to happen. She wants to be sure she understands what she needs. says, how can this be since I'm a virgin? I love it that when Gabriel explains Mary's conception, that he also removes our misconceptions. Mm -hmm. You see, Son of God could sound a little bit like a title for a king in Israel. Mm -hmm. But Gabriel answers in a way that won't let us off the hook. It is more than a king. More than a king that's coming a virgin bear a son and he will be called the son of the most high because he would be born of the holy spirit yeah, yeah. you see a, the king can be an eternal the kingdom can be an eternal kingdom because the king is god's son yeah. so when you think about mary and the loss that she's experienced and the suffering that she'll go through in just a few months she'll be told the sword will pierce your heart because of your son That's what she's she's set up to go through and she knows it from the time that her son is born. I want to ask you, is your suffering worth it? Mm -hmm. Here's the first thing. Christ came to cleanse the shame and the sorrow of our story. Christ came to cleanse the shame and the sorrow of our story. You know, to live it back to you in his son. And one thing that this does is it removes the shame of our suffering. And you can believe that there's no one who can understand your hurt, your pain, your rejection, your experience of being overlooked, ignored, betrayed, misunderstood, suspected, or falsely accused. But guess what? Your story has been written down in heaven. It's been inscribed into the hands of the feet of the son of God. And people may try to shrink your story or hide your story, but they can never steal your story. Yes, yes. yes. yes That's of the Son of God yes. restores the dignity of yes, all those does. who like him suffer. Yes, yes. God has written into being you. Mm-hmm. And he's got more to tell. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Bob. And, and the past that sometimes seems hidden from you just made it to heaven before you did. And when it looks like it's over, it ain't over. And when you've been waiting for your ship to come in and all that happens is the wave takes the dock away, it still isn't over. Your story is unstoppable because your king is eternal and nothing, oh, the angel says, is impossible with God. Oh, man. Oh, man. Man. So I want you to know that Jesus cleanses the shame of our story, that hurt. He he also restores the hope of our story. Amen. You see, Jesus took on your history. He took on everything there so that you could take on his destiny. This is what it means to be in Christ. Mm -hmm. When you are in Christ, when he is your king, you became in him children of God, heirs of his kingdom, co-heirs with Christ. Your story has always been part of his. But now in Christ, his story has become yours. Amen. Eternal life is woven into this eternal love relationship with God. And this story now becomes yours. But the challenge is this. That our story is recovered in Christ as we open ourselves up to God's future for us. This is the response to me that that has amazed me as I've thought about it all week. That Mary hears all this, and it's a lot bigger than she is. Mm -hmm. The plans and purposes of God are God's size. He invites you into them. But they're bigger than you are. They're bigger than I and They're bigger than you are. Amen. He has more for you than you can ask, imagine, or think. So God's future, our story is recovered as we open ourselves to it. Mary says, be it unto me according to your word. Behold the handmaiden of the Lord. I bet if we pray like that every day, we'd see God in someone. Mm-hmm. You know, I, sometimes we get so focused on what we think we might lose that we miss what we're being given. Mm-hmm. That we try to cling to the story of our, about ourselves so tightly we miss the story that God is writing for us. That we fear like the loss of our stories can be the loss of our identity. So that you bring two people together in a marriage. You bring two families together in a marriage. or two communities together. Do we compete or do we combine? Mm, all right. uh, if you receive what God is giving you, you'll find that your story isn't diminished. It's doubled. Again, yeah. mm-hmm, God is, is not diminishing your history. He's adding to your future. All right. The most reasonable thing to do in the world. The most reasonable thing to do in the world to trust hope. It says something wonderful about this rod who will come out of Jesse. A branch will grow from the roots and bear fruit and the spirit of the Lord will come upon him and it says at the very end of this section the nations will come to him he will stand as a banner for the nations and his resting place will be glorious. Now how is Jesus a banner? How is he going to be lifted up? How is it that he brings The nations to himself, he says, "If I be lifted up, I bring all unto me." How is it that that's going to happen? It's not going to happen on a throne. It's going to happen on a cross. Right. It's through the suffering death of the servant of the Messiah that the world comes to know that the God of Israel is God and Jesus Christ is Lord. Yeah. It's through his suffering yes. death. Yeah. Yeah. And it yeah. says that his resting place is going to be glorious. Now, what is his resting place. I only know what two kinds of resting places in the Old Testament. That's the resting place in Isaiah 66, right? The resting place of the Lord, the temple. But there's another resting place, a place where we go to sleep with our fathers, right? It's either going to be a grave or a Your story opens up. Your story begins that day that you say yes to Jesus and you ask Him into your life. He washes you clean. He makes you a new creation. The old things have passed away. Behold, all new things have come. What open to the future God has for you! And that first step of being open to that future that God has for you is saying yes to the sacrifice of Jesus. Saying, yes, I know that I'm a sinner. I know that my sins can be washed away. I know that I can't pay for them. But I see that someone has. i want to tell you something. I, I was visiting someone in the hospital one day. And his doctor heard I was there. And the doctor said, come, I've heard about you. I want to talk to you in my office. Mm. That's never a good sign. <laughs> I've never had that happen before in any hospital visit. And he said, sit down there. And he says, I've never told anyone this. And I could see, I could see by his name, and I, I knew that this doctor was a Jewish man. He said, I want to tell you something. I believe in your Messiah. You see, I was in synagogue one day for Yom Kippur service, and we were going through the whole service to the day of atonement, and we got to the end, and God spoke to me, and He said, Where's your sacrifice? And "And the doctor said, Lord, I don't have one. And He showed me it the Son of Man on the cross. There's a sacrifice for you. For Jew, for Gentile. yeah. Whoever you are, Jesus paid it all. Yes, 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 he did. Whatever you've done, Yes, Jesus is. paid it all. Yes, yes, Amen. And, yes. and what you thought was a dead end in life can open and become a whole new story. You see, you see, what you thought was a closed tomb becomes a trap door into eternity yeah. when you come to Jesus yes, and you yes. meet the risen Lord. Oh, Amen changed my life. Yes. Yeah. And 30 years yeah. later, I can't stop thinking about the glory of His presence, and I can't stop talking about the wonder of who He is. And, and I know if He can do it to me. My I know if He can do it to me, yeah. He can do it to you. Amen. Yeah. The question is, will you say yes it's not difficult. I didn't I didn't pray a fancy prayer. I prayed help me Jesus and He changed my life, um, That's all it takes and that's all you need to do. If if you're there right now, just surrender to Him. Mm-hmm. Say yes to Him. But you may know that and you may still be walking in a place where disappointment is a way of life, where it hurts on you. Where you feel like your story has been stolen. Like you said, Jesus has walked there. You want to talk about betrayal? He knows it. You want to talk about rejection? My Lord. He knows it. Amen. You want to talk about being hurt in the hands of your brothers and sisters? He knows it. All right. You want to talk about being told that you're crazy by your own flesh and blood? He knows it. Yes, he does. Mm-hmm. It's got the wings. God, hurts, resentment, hopelessness, loss, you're suffering, and you wonder, Lord, where is my story now? This is the moment for you, too. I'm going to invite the musicians to come and play. I'm going to invite our leaders to come and to pray. And if you need prayer, you come, and we'll just lift you up to the Lord. Um, you may come.